Hi, welcome to another issue of the Ship It Show. I'm here with Carter Robasso from uh, Fizzbuzz, uh, fizzbuzz.com. That's right. Coming soon. Coming soon, check it out. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about um, BI and analytics, and we're really going to be talking about uh, analyzing once you've already got something in place, once you've gone through the process of figuring out how to analyze your system and you have some metrics flowing and you have some data coming through, uh, what, what we're talking about today is how do you know about the things that you aren't measuring? Like some of the dark data that your users are producing but you're not capturing. And I think this is a unique problem in, in organizations, both startups and also right at the other end of the spectrum in uh, established companies who are, who are learning to be tech companies, where the, the commercial off-the-shelf software will give you a set of users that they know about, and they will sit there and say, here's all the data for it, and you'll be like, this is great, I've got all the data yeah. for my users, and you'll be happy as Larry, and then all of a sudden, bam, you'll lose a massive customer, or you'll lose a massive set of customers, right. and you won't be able to figure out, figure out why. Yeah. And you, you describe the problem as dark data, almost like uh, information that you, that you can't see. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, so I spent uh, over five years working at a company called Twilio, and Twilio is a developer-focused company, and they have an API product, right? And so, in a lot of ways, it's a it's a new kind of customer, right? You know, you're you're building a SaaS product. People can go to a website, they can sign up for it, but they're not regular consumers, right? They're developers. So a lot of the tools that uh, Twilio was just using off the shelf, things like Google Analytics and Mixpanel, it, uh, it you know it was great for tracking traditional metrics that you would you would associate with SaaS products, but developers are different, right? And we, there was a lot of things that developers were doing with Twilio that weren't reflected in those products. And if you're a product manager or you're in marketing, you could see all these uh, dashboards and these charts and it could make you feel like, hey, this is fantastic. Like people are signing up for Twilio. Uh, you know, there are, you know, signups are going up, up, into the, up into the right and that everything's fine. And then, yeah, and then next thing you know, like uh, a whole cohort of developers, customers, like stop using your product. Right. Right. And you, and you, and you start to, Rip your hair out trying to figure out like wh what happened like why 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 aren't they happy why you know why aren't they still using Twilio and it just I mean frankly it just it took us a long time to really root around and like figure out what some of those root causes were uh, and and then and then once you figure that out it's it's great right you know you can sort of you can start to you know uh, make sure that that data is um, is captured and is presented to the right people but. But you know, it's like it's never really over because sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Right, and just because you're capturing data doesn't mean you're capturing all the data, right? Like sometimes no. the, the the fact that you have something now almost brings a certain complacency to it, right? It's like, oh, we've got all the data. Are you tracking signups? Yes, we're tracking signups. Are you tracking churn? Yes, we're tracking churn. But really continuing to ask you that question, like what are we missing is really the core of the problem. And I think you came you came up with a good suggestion, which is stay close to the customers. Like that is really the number one the number one thing. Like what are your customers doing with the product? And the example that you gave was Twitter and the hashtags were, were really just customers using the product in a completely unexpected way. Yeah. And by staying close to the customer, the Twitter was able to create a feature out of that. But it's not always obvious when the customer is an enterprise consumer or uh, an API consumer. It's harder to understand what they're doing. Well, that's right. So I think, um, uh, number one, like you have to actually be, be capturing the data. Um, it has to be absorbable, right? Um, 
But even even after you do that, I think an, another thing, like let's just use the Twitter example, right? Like you could be part, you could be a product manager, you could be some kind of person at, Twili uh, at Twitter, and you could be completely aware that this is happening, right? right? But there could be other people in other parts of the company that are not aware of it. Like so, so the data hasn't been democratized. It hasn't it hasn't been shared across the organization, and that can be pretty disastrous, right? Like if you're if you work in the ad units department um, at Twitter and you're kind of not really aware that this hashtag thing is happening, like that's problematic because like now, you know, hashtags are, you know, like it's ba are basically an ad unit, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so if you're the PM and you're like, oh, this hashtag is a thing and I can imagine how to iterate on like the consumer side of the product to make it better, that's that's okay, but that's not nearly as good as if, you know, the, like all the, all the like the right people across the organization like had access to that data and were aware of it, right? And you and you and you know I've seen this at Twilio. I've seen this a lot of other companies. This is sort of where it's not just capturing the data, but it's like sort of putting it in some kind of centralized place and making sure that different people across the organization like have access to it also. Right, and having forums for discussion, I think, is yeah. important. You know, you mentioned like uh, the product manager who identifies something. Like how how in our viewers' organizations are they enabling forums for discussion around user behavior, around data, yeah. and not just in silos, right? Like across silos and across different product lines. That's that's super important. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, so the other thing we talked about is uh, this need to identify ways that the the product is being used, or your product, or your software, or your application, whatever it is, is being used in unexpected ways. Right, but not letting, not letting your team get bogged down with trying to identify all of the unexpected ways and ending up with a, you know, I think I once saw a spreadsheet for all of the data that, want, that uh, you know, wanted to be captured for a website which had 500 items on it because the approach to the data capture was what are all the things we might possibly ever want to capture about customers that we have or don't have or might have or aliens that will possibly land on our software and start using <laughs> it. And here are all the different metrics you want to capture. And I think that becomes that becomes almost useless because there's just too much of it and people get blindness from all of the data. So how do you weigh the need to focus on unexpected behavior with the danger of getting bogged down with too much data? Yeah, I think... Um I think you have to, it, it kind of goes back to my earlier point about making sure that information is, is sort of flowing freely and that um, people are empowered to like ask interesting questions or questions that are interesting to them and like get that information back. So to your example, you know, trying to preemptively capture 50 data points in case like isn't productive and it actually might be really counterproductive, right? But if you can make sure that the 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 friction for any person any across an organization to a have the insight that they want to capture one net new piece of data, if you can reduce the friction for making that possible, right? right? Like whether it's the software that you're using, the tools, um, or the process, if you can just make sure that the friction is minimal, so that someone who has a hypothesis knows how to go to somebody, test and test that hypothesis. And then find out like if, if that data is indeed worth capturing or not. Like I think that's that's really really important, right? Right. Because then you're iterating. Then you're sort of you know you start off with five obvious pieces of data that everybody agrees upon. But then over time you're adding to it. You know over time you're subtracting from it. Um, and the I mean the important point is like you just you need to empower the people who are either closest to the customer or like kind of closest to the use case. 
right? Like whether it's the PM who's trying to iterate on the product um, or someone in the marketing organization that's trying to kind of like think about a different way to reach potential customers and really like affect the top of the funnel, like right. put them in a position to like actually be able to influence what's happening from a data perspective. And I think that that's, I think traditionally that's just that's simply not the case. Like traditionally it's like, well, whoever the engineers were that like built the first few versions of this product, like they kind of were the ones that decided what was or wasn't worth capturing. Yeah. And then and then it's over. And then like, and then yeah, sure, you can try to capture new stuff, but it is a tremendous effort to make that happen. And like most people just sort of give up and just go about trying to achieve their goals a different way. And it's too bad. Well, they fly another analytics package under the radar. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden you have 50 analytics packages no, in your data spread. <laughs> that, that happens. That is, you'll, 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 go into, you'll go into companies, you know, that maybe startups that have been around for five or six or seven years. Oh, and you'll have, you know, Google Analytics, Mixpanel, um, you know, a bunch of, bunch of like logging uh, tools. Uh, Crazy egg heap. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Even, even tools that are like arguably competitors to one another. You'll have them both. You'll have heap and Mixpanel, right? Um, yeah, and it's just because people, you know, were trying to uh, solve a problem. It was like a local optimization. Like they're trying to solve a very narrow problem for themselves. Right. Um, but uh, but it but that that's actually very painful and counterproductive to the company, right? Because like then instead of having kind of a coherent data warehouse that you can really make sense of like what's going on, you know, just end up with like these data silos all over the place. You can't run a reasonable query on anything, and everyone's just really unhappy. So uh, summaries, uh, you know, be, be wary of what data you're not capturing. Uh, make sure that you're understanding where your customers are, always talking to your customers. I think as an organization grows in complexity, it's, it's always important to make sure those user personas and those user journeys are apparent at all stages of the, the process. Make sure you have forums for open discussion. I think that was knowledge sharing and dashboards and forums for discussion. Even maybe creating a Slack channel is a quick win where you know, data questions, that's always a good and interesting thing where people can just post questions about data. And then third, making it easy for people to get access to data and also uh, capture new things, or those four, four things. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, well thanks so much for the time, Carter. Yeah, uh, no problem. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, man, thanks. thanks.